Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good here in the Chi-Town uh, in Chicago for the weekend. We'll be back on Monday, though. Just finished up watching Yankees Red Sox opening day. And what a game, uh, regardless of the result, because there is 161 games left. This truly showed to me why I missed baseball so much. Like actually getting nervous for the games, it, it's, it finally feels real again. Yeah, it's like, and it's too, it was just such, for the most part, it had a little of everything. And it was relatively clean game. I mean, yes, you do have the two errors for the Red Sox, but they weren't like costly or anything very easy to forget about. And so at the end of the day, you just have a lot of really great plays made by both sides, a lot of really good cuts made by both sides, a lot of terribly thrown thrown pitches made by both sides. Yeah, and, you know, it is game one for everybody. So it, it, it was game one for me as a fan. There was a few times, like I think, LJ, you were saying, uh, when you were watching the the Brewers Cubs game yesterday, how the ball off the bat and you immediately think it's gone, only for it to just be a, a very uh, far flyout. Yeah, My, there's, there's a lot of people who need to uh, get readjusted and back in check, particularly Matt Vaskersian, because <laughs> oh my gosh, that is one of that would have been one of the best home run calls of the year if it had come anywhere close to being a home run. Yeah, so for those who don't know what LJ is talking about, last night in the Astros-Angels game, uh, I believe it's one nothing Astros in like the eighth inning, and Otani's up, and he hits a ball, very high fly ball to right field, and Matt Vaskersian, the Los Angeles Angels play-by-play announcer, thinks that it's gone. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it, what he said, but it might have been something like, oh, Otani with a shot, like, into right field. A deep, it was either deep, high. It was, it was one of the most electric. Again, there was a reason that every single person that commented on this was like, Vaskersian really had me thinking this ball was going to Mars. And then it doesn't even hit the warning track. Yeah, uh... Like I said, game one for everybody. It was nice to be able to see a bunch more teams in action today that did not play uh, on actual opening day yesterday. But LJ, um, I think we wanted to, we were talking about this a few episodes ago. We wanted to pick 
who we think will be leading each division at the end of the month of April. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, you can, <coughs> if me. you would like. Um, too, too many seeds during that extra inning game. <laughs> you can start with the American League East, where I know you will definitely not be putting the Tampa Bay Rays on top. No, I won't be taking the Tampa Bay Rays at top. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to let today's results change my mind on this. I could see the Red Sox taking it. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays, though, just I think it's overall just the safer bet. Re reasonably, I could see anyone but the Orioles and the Rays taking it. I don't see the Rays having a successful start to the season. They have one pitcher that I really feel comfortable being competent to start the year, and he's on the mound today. So that's talking about maybe a handful of wins. There's, there's very little that the analytics can do to save this team at this point in the season. And the interesting thing with Toronto, who I picked to go to the World Series, but you look at their schedule in April. So they've got the three against Texas to open up their season. And then next week, starting on Monday, it's four in the Bronx against the Yankees. Then they've got Oakland. So that's three nice series to start. Obviously, four in the Bronx is not ideal, but Texas and Oakland for six games you like. Then they have a brutal six-game road stand, at three at Boston, three at Houston, and then they're back home against Boston to end the month. Pretty tough schedule, in all honesty, for Toronto. Um, I personally, I'm going to pick them, but if the Red Sox win a handful of those games against the Blue Jays, I would not be surprised to see the Red Sox on top of the AL East. No, that's a good spot. Also, shout out to Wander picking up right where he left off so far. Just being an absolute animal. Two for three in his opening game. You'll love to see it. Brandon, who are you taking in the Central? So, you know, I feel bad because I was going to pick the White Sox. And then after I saw Liam Hendricks just absolutely melt down today. Uh, you know, I don't know how I'm feeling. Of course, small sample size, one game. Um, I still want to pick them, I think, but you know, let's 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 go a little sneaky here. Let's go with the Twins, LJ. Why not? Yeah, you know, it's hard to decide whether you should go safe or you should go for a lot of predictions here, because what at least I'll be getting into later during the episode is the fact that we are going to have a complete crapshoot with the pitching in terms of who's going to actually show up for the next couple of weeks more so than any other year before this. So it's going to be really hard to tell. It's going to be really hard to judge who is going to make it. You kind of just have to run with who you think is going to be playing best. I'll also go with the Twins here. I think overall that lineup is going to perform to its strongest through the, this part of the season. And going to the AL West... Uh, you look at this Astros schedule to start the year. Four against Atlanta, or four at LA. Excuse me. Then they play two at Arizona, three in Seattle. They got Texas later in the month. Um, I'm gonna pick Houston. I I think that they're far and away the best team in the AL West. They always seem to get off to a relatively nice start. Them being able to beat up Otani a little bit last night. Um, it was certainly nice to see, and we're going to get into that game a, uh, a little bit. 
Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, the Astros. It seems like in terms of starting pitching, they have a lot of depth, and it is clearly going to matter, especially after we saw Garrett Cole only throw 68 pitches. I think Avaldi was only in the 70s today. So a lot of... The only person uh, I've seen do a full workload of this year is Eduardo Rodriguez, and that's his own damn fault for being at like 57 pitches through two innings. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we are going to see these these managers just be hyper careful, at least in this first month, because we did have such a truncated uh, spring training. Yeah, I think depth is going to play a huge factor in. I know we shouldn't be picking the exact same group, and we have so far, but it shouldn't be a surprise that I'm going for the Astros here. The team I've felt has been the best and the best in the entire entirety of the American league thus far, I kind of wanted to go Oakland here. And I know that seems like a stupid pick, but that just feels like the type of team that Oakland is and very similar to where I think they're in a very similar position talent wise to what it looked like we had with Kansas city, maybe a little less pitching last year where they were able to really pop off early in the season and then slowly fall apart to a point where you didn't even recognize that they were ever a contender. So I wouldn't have been shocked if Oakland walks in here and has a really good first month and then falls off the face of the earth, but they just did. They haven't looked competitive today. And that kind of soured me on that pipe dream. I don't think Seattle's got their identity set up yet. So it's gotta be Houston. Well, LJ, in the NL East, um, I know you're very big on the Braves, but and uh, I'm going to actually take the Mets here. Uh, and the reason is they've got a total of 10 games this month against either the Nationals or the Diamondbacks. I, I just really like that. Uh, it just seems like they're going to be in a spot where even without Jacob DeGrom, I, I think that this team could potentially, I don't know, maybe only have five or six losses heading out of this month. Uh, they got four against San Francisco, which is really tough, and three at St. Louis to wrap up the month. But I'm going to take the Mets. Uh, I liked what I saw out of them last night uh, for at least a few innings. Well, I was going to take the Mets as well. Brandon, you thought you thought you'd faked around it. You really didn't because I was sitting there watching this Braves team last night. And as much as like, yeah, offensive pieces certainly looked good there. Max Freed did not whatsoever. That was a rough, rough start to get him going, to get him going in this season, the best player on the world series winning team. And for me, I think the momentum of this rotation starts with him. Ian Anderson hasn't developed to the point where I feel like he could carry a rotation for a month. He is that clear number two guy. Honestly, he's a two guy on most situations right now, but I'm not sure I would necessarily say, okay, he needs to be the cornerstone of our rotation for this month for us to be successful. I don't love that. And overall, the Mets, again, their situation is easy enough that they're going to be able to pull away at this point. Phillies also look good today too, so I wouldn't be shocked there. Yeah, uh, that's a that's actually a really good point. I thought that 
Philadelphia, they have a pretty nice schedule setting up for this month as well, so wouldn't be shocked there either. LJ, I'll let you take the NL Central first. Hopefully we are different here. I have a feeling that we are going to be. Yeah, look, this is another thing where it comes down to identity for me and who really feels like the most fleshed out, fully fledged team. The chemistry of the team I'm going to be taking here really is shockingly good right now. The lineup flows shockingly well. And I'm kind of excited to see how this goes. It's great to have everyone back in the fold. St. Louis Cardinals are my pick to start the NL Central off. I love that pick. Uh, I, of course, really wanted to take the Cardinals, but I had a feeling that you were going to take them. I went with the Brewers. Uh, Sure, opening day. You know, a Corbin Burns certainly didn't look the best, but it was still a very solid outing by him. And they've got really nice schedule here. They get to play Pittsburgh. They get to play Baltimore. They actually play Pittsburgh twice uh, in this month. I'm going to take the Brewers. Uh, I think that the opening day little, you know, whatever happened against the Cubs yesterday, we're just going to move past that. Uh, This is the team that won the NL Central last year. Uh, I'd feel silly to bet against them, especially with that that a uh, pitching staff, which is already fully healthy. You see, my thing is, I still think Milwaukee's going to win the division. I just can't trust a team that's built around its pitching staff right now. Especially when you saw Corbin Burns. We're talking about Max Fried not looking good. Corbin Burns did not look like Corbin Burns at all. The control, even after that first inning that was horrendous, the control wasn't there. And that's going to take a little bit of time for him to get back in the flow of things. And odds are it's going to take most pitchers that type of situation. So all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta might not all be sharp. And they were all sharp through their division winning last season. So that you're asking a lot out of this Milwaukee offense to be able to keep pace with a lackluster compared to their talents pitching performance and in the west lj uh who'd you go with i went with the dodgers it's easy enough i didn't feel like i don't feel like i know what the rest of these teams are going to do well enough to really feel comfortable with that arizona yes they get the win game one which we'll talk about in a minute but that doesn't certainly doesn't convince me the rockies i'm not really considering and then the Giants and the Padres, I just, I need, I would need to see a little more for me to, to tell what type of team both of them are going to be this year to feel comfortable taking them here. The Dodgers are the only known quantity. Oh, I took the Giants, actually. Uh, I thought about the Padres, and I know I'm not that big on the Giants for the whole season, but I could see them getting off to a really solid start. Uh, Three against Miami, should take at least two of those. Then a big series in San Francisco against the Padres uh, next or to start the week. And they've got a relatively easy schedule at the Guardians, at the Nationals, and they've got Oakland and Washington to finish out the month. I think that the Giants are a team where... They could start off kind of like the Cubs and Mets did last year, where they're really good, but there's still some 
very clear issues with the team, yet they're able to scrape by uh, day after day, Part partly because of the schedule, partly because of luck, partly because the team is actually good, but just kind of a mix of those three. I could see the Giants kind of fitting into that group of teams um, to start the year at least. Not saying that they can't be good the whole year, but I think that their April will be a lot better than um, their other months in the season. Brandon, how much time do you have left? Because we pretty much already hit on my first big opening day observation, which was we were 100% right on the fact that the pitching is going to be very shoddy through the first part of the year. Already established a bunch of names. Adam Wainwright's really the only guy that's looked really, really good to me so far that I've watched. Kyle Hendricks, I thought, was really good yesterday, too. Yes, yes that's right. Um, didn't think that went through, but I mean, in terms of guys who did bad, We'll talk about Liam Hendricks in a minute. That didn't go well. Corbin Burns didn't go well. Max Fried didn't go well. Eduardo Rodriguez, one of the most unlucky players in the league last season, came out and threw an absolute dud for his team. Somehow made it four innings, but again, had over 50 pitches through two and only gives up three earned. That you need to be more efficient if you're going to be in the top half of a rotation and really being the veteran presence of a rotation this year were there any other bad 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 ones that i'm missing that weren't expected i mean uh, i i thought of a good one that that i think we did gloss over you darvish had a no hitter through six innings last night and i know the padres lost but uh he was untouchable in those first six innings and sure the no hitter gets a broken up padres bullpen ends up blowing the game to the Diamondbacks, Seth Beer, with the walk-off home run on National Beer Day. Is it safe to assume he is the NL Rookie of the Year for honor right now? LJ, I was amazed by that pick yesterday. The fact that the guy that you pick for NL Rookie of the Year, like a relative nobody, especially in that category, and just goes and hits a walk-off home run first game of the year, it's very similar to when LJ picked up Jimmy G in our fantasy football league a few years ago, right before he got traded to the 49ers. Hey, you can't forget my other stroke of genius in that situation too, which was I drafted Deshaun Watson four weeks before he even got, got put in as a starter. LJ is just a savant. I, I, I think that that's, that's what we've, we've come to. Um, in, in terms of bad starts, I think... I think we pretty much hit all of them. Uh, I know right now the Dodgers were down. Now they took a five to two lead. I think on Colorado, they're just they're they're just killing them. Um, yeah, LJ, any reaction to the games today? I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this Liam Hendricks thing. Overall, I just want to. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out. Just let's talk about just the clutch. Because there's been a lot of clutch gene activated in literally just these first two days to get back to this whole Seth Beer thing. Freaking awesome. And to touch on him a little more, everything I've seen, having watched him in person, actually, fun story. The first sports game, the first game I ever covered, sports writing, thing that kind of kicked all this off. Tri-City Valley Cats, it was his first home series. It was his second home game, I believe. He hits two bombs, gets called up to high A the next week. That's when things started with this. Then, of course, he goes over to Arizona in the Zach Greinke trade. And really, 
I'm convinced the dude just rakes. He would have been a very successful rookie last year if his defensive capabilities were a little bit better. The team does not want to see him play defense. That's why they ended up only bringing him up in September last year because they had the opportunity. They were going to an American League park and had the opportunity to use him as a DH. So they brought him up for a few days to give him a spell there. And so like now that he has the opportunity to be a full-time DH, he could easily do it. And it's not like the rookie of the year isn't like the MVP in the fact that no one picks the MVP for a DH because he doesn't play the field. We have never had that argument. Like there's plenty of guys that have been well in contention or won the rookie of the year as designated hitters. So it's wide open for him in my opinion. And then the other guy I want to talk about just a really strong feel good story to start your season. Let's look at this Tigers team, this White Sox Tigers game. Great game, by the way, the White Sox go into the ninth inning up one, put Liam Hendricks on the mound, best closer of last season. Oh yeah, we'll be fine. They get the first out. All of a sudden you get, um, Haas. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Eric Haas. Eric Haas, thank you. Eric Haas comes up to the plate and just blasts one out of the park to left field. Frankly, it's the first time that I've ever seen something clutch associated with the name Haas as an F1 fan. (laughs) So it's just, that was a feel good. That was certainly fun to be watching on the side during this Red Sox-Yankees game. He then proceeds to follow this up by allowing a triple. And then who walks up to the plate with two outs in the inning, Javi Baez, your big money man, the guy that is supposed to help kind of bring this young group together. And what does he do? He blasts one to right field. It ends up hitting off the wall, but just barely. If it hadn't hit off the wall, it actually went off of the right fielder's glove, bounced into the air, and then he caught it after the bobble. So there was a lot of scenarios where this ends up being the winning hit and it did end up getting called as the winning hit as it did bounce off the wall off the glove so the run runner scores from third and he gets that walk off in his first game as a Detroit Tiger I can't help but feel good about that absolutely even if his plate approach approach is atrocious to watch I forgot how much I don't like watching Javi Baez at the plate you mean you don't like someone who swings at literally everything, LJ? And it's not just that he swings at everything for me. He, does, he doesn't know what the concept of a contact swing. Every single thing is, every single cut is the most aggressive cut I've ever seen in my life, only to be passed up by his next swing. It's incredibly frustrating to watch, just not attractive. Yeah, and 28 walks in 138 games last season uh, certainly portray that uh, very well. But um, I don't think I really have anything else big. I just saw something come across. J.P. Crawford signed a four-year, $46 million extension with the Mariners. Uh, that's really good for, for the Mariners, another guy that they can lock up. Uh, certainly really good uh in the field had a four war season actually last season after winning the gold glove in 2020 really good move for seattle we keep talking about them they are clearly building an identity there uh and it's working for them so really nice for them but other than that i i really don't have much all right so 
Brandon, do we want to touch on the Red Sox Yankees contracts at all today, or do we want to save that for another time? You know, let's let's uh, save it because I still haven't fully wrapped my head around the, the whole thing. I don't know the actual numbers or anything, so let's let's for, let's save it. For an initial take, I'll give mine, and it's the same thing for both of these. Good on the teams for at least trying to do something, and I believe Xander Bogarts is the only one of the three that haven't signed that isn't opposed to signing midseason. I mean, he signed his last hometown discount. The uh, hometown discount deal he did in 2019 that was like the first week of the season because it wasn't well within the season but it was happening amongst a lot of other things they're all entitled to at least test themselves in the open market right i mean that you don't have to take an extension even if it is the right money sometimes you just want to see all right what truly am i worth outside of this market so these teams need to keep trying and pushing for that but at the same time you got to kind of accept that these guys very well might just want to see what am I worth? And then you have to go in and you have to just absolutely blow them away in free agency. Like there's no way, there's no way all any of these three guys can leave their teams and it be okay. And you could have said the same thing about bets with the Red Sox too. He wanted to test his, he wanted to see what, what is my, my value on the open market? The Dodgers said it's over 300 million. He said, okay, are you going to give me that Red Sox? And they just kind of looked around and were like, uh, sure, maybe, maybe like, you know, that, and that's just how these things work. And again, that was a very different set of circumstances, both, like first off, because of the financial restrictions that the Red Sox had to operate under at the time, everyone in like, I've been having this fight on my radio show, Big Three Radio on WLAS for the last several days where the one guy is just like, spend more money. They're being cheap. They can go over the luxury tax. You can't go over the luxury tax like four or five straight years unless you have that good farm system in place. Unless you have a Dodgers-esque farm system in place, you cannot afford to keep going out and adding to your roster so aggressively. And so you really have to be smart. They weren't in a position to do that. Now you have much more financial freedom and you also have a fan base that isn't willing to justify finances as a reason to lose these players this time. When they let Mookie go, when they traded Mookie, they had gotten a good chunk of the fan base to buy in to why they were doing it. I don't think there is a single person out there who does buy into letting Bogarts or Devers walk more so Devers, unfortunately. And I don't think there's a way that they possibly could get them to buy in there. The entirety of the internet, the entirety of the fan base is on their side and it will create a PR nightmare for both the Fenway sports group and the Boston Red Sox. If they let these, these guys go. So it's not really an option now because of the context of the situation. Uh, absolutely. And that's, that's a great point. You know, it's like, you can't just go out there and keep spending. It's just, if it worked like that, then, then every team would, would be a doing it. And it's just, it's just not the way it works. But, uh, LJ, I think that that is a good spot to call this one, unless you have anything else, but I think we actually got through quite a bit here, a lot more than we were expecting to. One more thing. Um, Charlie Goldsmith, check out tomorrow's show. Yeah. Um, so on Sunday, Hunter Green will be making his first start of his career. Very exciting stuff for Cincinnati Reds fans. 
So we sat down with Charlie Goldsmith last week to talk about what is the future of the Cincinnati Reds and what is the future of Hunter Green? Why should fans be excited about him? Both if you're a national fan, if you're a fan of another team, or if you're a Reds fan, even if you're a fantasy person, you'll want to hear exactly what he thinks about this guy's potential, his ceiling. And it was really a great conversation. I was glad to get to talk to him. So definitely check that out. And without giving away too much, uh, he did key us in on a prospect that he thinks could be shooting up the leaderboards this season, a guy that he actually got to see in person at the Reds minor league camp. So be sure to check that out because LJ and I, once we found out about this guy, it's turned into one of our favorites. (laughs) We needed to get that video out at some point, TikTok wise, Twitter wise, of us actually i'm not sure we can no we won't be shown of course because it only shows the person who's speaking but i wish we could because i saw brandon and brandon definitely saw me my eyes lit up when he was describing this player like from like a metrics from a build standpoint this guy sounds legit well that's a good place to leave this one off charlie goldsmith on tomorrow we'll be back on sunday Thank you all for listening, and we will see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.